Good evening. This is the podcast is called What's the Truth of Grace Bible Community Church here in Spanish Lookout, where I am the pastor. So welcome. Um, I have these sessions, these podcasts every week on Friday night. Um, I answer people's questions and I come up with topics of things that are happening in society and other topics that come to my mind. So um, today my main topic I wanted to talk about is, is godliness with contentment which is taken from 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 and some other verses that go along with it that are um, that show us what contentment is and what the Bible means about it. Uh, before I go into that, I would often uh, talk about something that is happening around us, and um, not that it matters, maybe, in a sense, and yet it does matter. People come across these things, and also what I'm thinking of today is things that are happening in the world. Uh, we in Belize may not have heard much about it yet, but it seems this is becoming a big deal, uh, might become a big deal sometime soon, and we should be ready. We should be ready for things that are coming up. So that's why I want to talk about things that are re relevant to our lives. Um, the WHO is a World Health Organization who wants to be the authority on pandemics and what countries can do and so on and so on. And they're having a big meeting one of these days where a lot of the world leaders are going. And it's basically they're signing off their sov sovereignty. And if you know a little bit of history and a little bit of the Bible, then you already know how that ends and how that goes. They want one global power and one global leader who can control the entire world. What they want to do now is sign a pandemic treaty which basically gives the World Health Organization the power to rule your life. Doesn't matter where you live, small country like Belize or America or Canada, basically all the countries. Um, Brazil is one of them who has said no, they're not going to do it. But basically all the countries are signing up for on this treaty which basically gives the WHO power over your life. Now, how will it affect us in a country like Belize? Well, I can't know. I, I really can't know exactly. There's so much corruption here. Um... Some people like it because that way we don't get it the, the hardest when things like that come because the they won't enforce it for long. But if you think about where things are going with technology and everything, the goal is to to bring us to a place where everything is ruled by technology. If you don't have your electronic um, green light, so to speak, then they don't want to let you go into the stores or fly or get on a bus or anything like that. Now, the COVID thing, they only did a little bit of it. 
but the goal they've said it is that you will own nothing and be happy that is the global elites their plan that is what they want to do and I'm not saying this that we should be scared I'm saying this that we should be prepared we should know what is coming up and we should know that we are ready that is not to say that oh I got everything figured out and I got my money stashed and I got my gardens planted and I'm ready to go uh, that's not even that that I'm talking about now there may be something that you can do or you should do to prepare um, but you need to decide on that but most of all you gotta be prepared um, spiritually and mentally your mind needs to be prepared first of all to be at peace with God and second of all that it's okay once you have peace with God the others will fall in place but that it's okay if things will become hard or things will become different than what we're used to because there's a concerted effort in the world right now to destroy people's livelihoods and to bring in a great reset that's literally what they call it where money won't be won't have any value anymore and food will be scarce and so on and so on it will be a big catastrophe when it actually hits that's what that's what I call them the global elites but that's what there are world powers who are trying to bring that to pass so shouldn't make us scared but it should make you question where does your trust lie do you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, he not only died to save us from our sin which he did but he also rose from the dead to give us life to give us new life to give us peace he said my peace I leave with you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your hearts be troubled neither neither let them be afraid so God wants us to have peace he will give us peace if we trust in him so where does your trust lie um, and then the, the, they are bringing in pandemics and talking about climate change and so on because all of those things are geared in such a way where one organization or one, you know, some global elite will have power over everyone. So they have this, this big monkey pox thing right now, um, which I don't know what exactly it will be, but it looks like they're trying to turn that into a pandemic. It'll be something else than the COVID thing. I don't think th they will require masks for that uh, because it's a... It, they say it spreads differently it spreads through contact not not through the air and so what are they gonna do now I don't know or is it gonna go somewhere with it I don't know but it, we should be aware of we should be aware of what is going on and know where our trust lies you know we can be afraid and anxious about things or we can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and know that he will win in the end and um, not even just in a human or not in a human way but in a biblical way at the end of the day at the end of the world God will rule everything and not only that but 
if anything happens to us, it is it is already for our good. If we trust in Him and we're saved, it's for our good and for His glory. So even now, things that are happening in this earth, God does them in a way that will glorify Himself. And so, having said all that, let me turn to First um, Timothy 6 and share it on the screen here. Uh, let me fix this window a little bit. And I have some more verses. By the way, this is um, Step Bible that I use. It's I don't know that it's the best, but it's a decent app that works in the browser and I can nicely share in the browser. So if you want to use this, it's actually a pretty good uh, study tool. Though I have some others that I really use for studying, but this is good. Uh, it's at stepbible.org, step, S-T-E-P, bible.org. So if you want to check it out. And also, I do this... Uh, podcast also to answer your questions if you have a question you can send me a message in one of my contact methods if you have them or just go to your browser and type in gbcc.bz slash ask if you're watching this on the screen you'll see it there in the bottom left corner that's for grace bible community church it's those letters gbcc.bz slash ask. If you have a question, send it to me. I should see it right away. Uh, if it's something simple, I would try to answer it. Um, and if not, then I will probably answer it next week. So if you have any questions, let me just show it there for a bit so you can see it and send me a question if you have. Um, so First Timothy 6 verse 6. Uh, the, the verse 6 starts with but, but godliness with godliness with contentment is great gain. So what is it contrasting to? Because it has the word but there, that means we've been saying something before. Well, if we start in verse 1, it says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words whereof comes envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. 
For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Alright, let's read right up to there. Um, our main verse that I was looking at is, But godliness with contentment is great gain. But it's coming from, it's, it's making a contrast, and it's coming from perverse dis disputings of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, or even it starts with if someone doesn't teach the truth, if any man teaches otherwise, otherwise then to, what did he start with? With servants obeying their master and honoring their masters, those who, is your, those who are your boss, and especially if it is a believer, to honor them, to work hard for them. If any man teaches otherwise, someone teaches differently, that person is proud, he knows nothing, he has questions and strife of words, envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. Those things go together. He thinks gain is godliness. He thinks that if you get rich, that means you must be very godly, that God blesses you. But it says, from such withdraw thyself. You're not to believe such people as say that if you have gain, that you, you become rich and you're richer than someone else, that that is equal with godliness. It says, godliness with contentment is great gain. It does not say godliness with riches is great gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Let me show you what Proverbs um, 37, 16 says. Psalm 37, 16. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For the godly to have a little bit, it's, it's better and it's worth more than if there's a rich person who has a lot. That's what it says in Psalm 37. Now, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Just think about why. You come into this world with nothing, you're going to leave this world with nothing. So, having food and raiment, let us be there with content. You have food to eat and you have clothes to put on, then let's be content. That's what the Bible says. Now, I've heard many times people talk about, well, yeah, but the church needs money. Or, yeah, but uh, the missions need money, so I'm just going to work for the missions. Now, that's true. That is true. The church and missions need money. However, God can uh, know. God knows your motives uh, and why you would say something like that. But what I've found often is that's just an excuse to not do the work of the Lord. Now, Think, think about it in this way. 
Jesus said to his disciples, Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. When is the last time that you have shared the gospel with someone? When is the last time when someone said something that was not true or not right and you brought up a scripture to show them what the truth is? When was the last time that if you if you'd go through your life what you had done and God would have it all God knows everything when is the last time that you were an ambassador and a witness for Jesus Christ I'm not talking about just living your life good now that is a part of being a Christian a Christian part of being a Christian is to live a godly life people will see if you live a life of hypocrisy, they will see that you're not a Christian. Uh, there are people who live a life of hypocrisy, but name the name of Christ. That is a shame. They're bringing a shame to the name of Christ by living in hypocrisy and then bringing up the name of Christ. That You shouldn't do that. You should first repent of your hypocrisy, but come to the Lord, come to Him for forgiveness, and then go and share the gospel. Now, I'm not saying that someone should become perfect before they can share the gospel. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this in the sense of, and I think I talked about this last week, if someone is a believer, he is a new creature. The Bible says, old things are passed away, all things have become new. If you live just like you did before you were a believer, then it's questionable, are you a believer? Or do you need to grow? Or why are you still in the position where you're at? So, if you're a Christian, you should also be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I forgot why I got to this point, but going back to Godliness with contentment is great gain. It it put that there as a contrast from the other side, which is someone with uh, perverse disputings, with who doesn't have the truth, who thinks that gain is godliness. You get rich, that means you must be a godly person. From such, withdraw yourself. From such, withdraw yourself. Don't be a part with such a person. Because they are proud knowing nothing they're evil it's, it says that but godliness with contentment is great gain now I want to go to Matthew 6 verse 19 where it says lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, this is not talking about you can't earn anything, or you can't work to make a living. This is not talking about that. This is talking about where is your treasure. If you're living for Christ, then your treasure is in heaven, which Colossians 3 also talks about. Um, 
If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits in the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Um, now, now I remember why I came to this piece about sharing the gospel. And the reason was there there are people who want to use it as an excuse that well I'm providing money for the church and that's my job and I've I've seen it a lot like oh yeah that's that's my job I can do that I can make money and I can you know give a lot of money to the church and help the church now I'm not saying that that is bad in itself all I'm saying is is that an excuse for you not to do the work of the ministry now there are lots of little ministries in the church and I think even those sometimes can be used as an excuse. Now, yes, there is someone who needs to sweep the floor where you want to gather together uh, and keep the building clean where you want to meet together. Um, many administrative tasks that need to be done. And I'm not saying those are bad or those are unnecessary or you shouldn't be doing those. But what is the work of a Christian? Uh it also says in the scripture that we should be ready to answer every man who asks us for a reason of the hope that is in us. If you are a believer, and and again, I, you may notice that I'm constantly using the word if, if you're a believer. And I'm not doing that because I think no one else is a believer. I'm doing that because I know many people are not believers. Um, I don't know about you. The Bible says that there are many on the broad way which leads to destruction. Few there be that find the narrow road which leads to eternal life. Um, are you one that has found the narrow road? Have, have you found Jesus Christ? Have you found peace in Him? That is really the question. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, Paul also said in Philippians 4, verse 10 and 11 and he says but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again wherein ye were also careful but ye lacked opportunity not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which, strength, which strengthens me. Now that's where this verse is in context. I have learned to be content when I have lots. Paul had had lots. And when I have little. When I suffer need. When it's like I'm on the verge of being in need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, so that is the context of that verse. <laughs> that con The context of that verse is not, sometimes it said, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. And that's 
what it is when this verse is used everywhere. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Does that mean I can lift the tractor and change the tires with my fingers? No. So what does it mean? Well, look at that verse in context. Um, when I'm full or when I'm hungry, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That makes sense, right? If you work hard and you find out that you're on the verge of are you able to make it? Are you able to pay your bills? And then to remember that I'm in Christ and I can do all things through Him and also He has promised to never leave me nor forsake me, then it makes sense. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That has to do with living our life for Christ. It doesn't have to do with um, moving a house with our hands or lifting a truck with our fingers. That's not what it is about. And yet the verse is used out of context like that sometimes. Oh, I can be perfectly healthy 100% of the time because I can do all things. Well, don't use that verse out of context. Satan also used scripture out of context and he said to Jesus that if you jump off of the temple, God will send his angels to catch you because that's what the Bible says, so that you won't even dash your foot against a stone. Now, what did the Bible say? It did It did talk about God sending His angels to watch for someone, but the context was not tempting God. Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Don't jump off of a roof or play with poisonous snakes, because that is tempting God. That is taking the verse out of context. So Paul says that he had learned to be content. Mark 8, we have the verse which is common. What does it profit a man if he gains a whole world and yet loses his own soul? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So to be content is you don't work for the whole world. You don't work for uh, getting everything on this earth. Now, again, you will work to provide. You will work to earn something. There's nothing wrong with that. The, the issue is what is in your mind? Who are you trusting in? What is What are you working for? Is it because you're content but you're doing what you need to do or is it because you're, co um, you're covetous? The ninth, tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, wife, um, livestock, his stuff, you shall not covet. To covet is you see your neighbor has something, your friend, your another church family, whoever, they have something and now you have to have it as well. You're not making enough money so you have to find a second job to make enough money so you can also have what your neighbor has. Or worse, 
you want to take away somehow that which your neighbor has. Now, both in both of those cases, it is in a sense the same thing. If you're uh, you're covetous about your neighbor's stuff and you want it so bad that you have to do whatever you can to get what your neighbor has so you're not left out, so you're not different or whatever, then you need to really question, is that because you're covetous or are you content? And again, this is not to say that we can't have stuff. This is where does your heart lie? And <laughs> I know some people may be offended by me talking like that, but that's the truth. Uh, I'm not doing this to offend, but I'm doing this to remind us. Where does our hope lie? Are we content? Can we be content with what we have? Do you have to uh, work 18 hours a day because you're covetous? Or does your work require that, right? Um, again, I'm not saying that it's wrong to work 18 hours in a day, but if you always do, then it probably is wrong because are you spending time with your family? Are you spending time with your loved ones? Are you spending time with those people who you should spend time with? Um, I'm not judging that in itself. I'm, I'm putting out some questions to you because you should question that. Why are you doing what you're doing? And if you're doing it for God, praise the Lord. Keep doing it for Him. And if there's things that He wants you to to change, then do it. Don't be afraid to change. We all realize sometimes that, oh, I'm doing something here that I think God would want me to do a little different. And then we should do it differently. I want to look at one more little story here in Luke chapter 12. It says, one of the company, one person from a group said, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Jesus said, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Jesus said, Who made me the judge? Who, who told, who gave me the authority to judge between you and your brother who can have the inheritance? And Jesus said to him, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much good laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the difference between being content or being covetous. What did this man say? He said, ah, I don't have any more room. All my barns are full. I will build greater barns so I can store up more goods. And then I will sit down and say, eat, drink, and be merry. 
He didn't care about others. He only cared about himself. Now, again, this is about where does your treasure lie? Do you have a heart for the things of God? Or only for your self motives, your, your selfish reasons and selfish things that you want? Because this is a real thing and this is um, where the flesh comes to very easily. Are you covetous or are you content? Because those are opposites. Covetous, covetous and content. And then Hebrews 13 also says, Let your conversation or your lifestyle be without covetousness. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Conversation in the King James is a word for your lifestyle, the way you live. Let your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So the question is, is that your life? Is your life without covetousness? Are you content with the things that you have? Or is your heart constantly thinking of, Oh, I need to get this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And the way covetousness works is you, you get something that you want, but then you already want something else. You want something more, you want something different, you want something else. That's the lifestyle of a covetous person. Always wanting something else and something more and never being content with where you're at. That's why someone who's a millionaire or a billionaire, you can see usually how they work hard and sometimes they're greedy because they're still wanting to make even more than they've made up till now. That's how it works. And one person makes $1,000 a month and is content. And one person makes $10,000 a month and is not content. Still wants more. Looking for a next job that's paying more. Looking for a next thing, investment where he can make even more. Now, can you be content and still want to earn more? Yes. But where is your heart? Are you content with what you have? Would you be okay if you would remain just with as much as you have right now? Would, would you be content? That is the biblical question. So the, these things are in direct opposition. Contentment and covetousness. One is you want things and you're never okay with 
what you have and the other is I'm content but I want to do what is the Lord's will and so that's my question to you today which one are you? Are you content or covetous? So again, I think I'll make it a little bit shorter than I sometimes do. Um, this podcast is What's the Truth? Uh, Ministry of Grace Bible Community Church here in Spanish Lookout. We meet at Valley Printing Center on Sundays at 9 a.m. We have Low German each and 10 a.m. we have English uh, you're welcome to come our purpose is to be the church of God here in this uh, in this place and not to say that um, yeah we are our, our purpose is to feed the flock of God in this place and to feed them from the Bible. We believe that God's Word is rich and God's Word has everything that we need, as it says in the Scripture, for life and godliness. Um, and so if you're hungry for the truth, you're hungry for a feeding of God's Word, um, feel free to come and visit. We again Valley Printing Center at the meeting section. That's cl that's close to Central Spanish Lookout. But if you have a question, you can go to gbcc.bz and go to the contact and um, ask us questions. Um, we believe in the Bible. We believe the Bible is a rule of faith and practice. We be believe in biblical church uh, church discipline when it's needed. Um, we believe everything in the church should be run according to the scriptures and uh, that is not to say that we already understand everything um, but if there's things that we need to change because we haven't understood then we will um, by God's grace not to compromise and go along with the world but to be a beacon of light uh, we are, the Bible says, believers are salt and light in this world. And that is what is our aim and goal to be here in Spanish Takeout. So, yep, if you have any questions, then feel free to ask. With that, I will end the live stream again for the, tonight. And... Lord willing, we'll see you again next time. God bless.